Welcome to Chinuch 2.0, a show about the massive changes happening to how we do Chinuch, some of which may never be the same again. We're coming towards the Seder night, and the Seder night is a night when parents have to take over the job of Chinuch from the schools to which we outsource all year. And most of us look forward to it with very great anticipation. Parents and children are both very excited about going to the Seder. This is the night when we're supposed to give over the entire Messiah of Yiddishkeit to our children and also manage to do it in a few short hours. Afikoyman has to be done by Chatzais, and the kids' attention spans usually expire way before then. We all want it to be a meaningful experience, but oftentimes it doesn't turn out that way. And I think the two main issues that arise are the most obvious problem, the number one problem, is that children come very well prepared for the Seder. They spend weeks in advance in school learning about the Seder, learning about the story of Yitzhiya Mitzrayim. And they come with notebooks full of stories, pictures, musr, lessons, inspiration. And they want to talk. They want to share. They're so excited to share what they learned. But that leaves over very little time for the father to talk to them and for the father to teach them about Yitzhiya Mitzrayim. That's the important mitzvah. The mitzvah is for the father to give over Yitzhiya's Mitzrayim, not for the kids to tell the father the story. On the other hand, if the father just talks and the kids don't get a chance to say what they learned, they're not going to feel important and they're going to quickly lose interest. Another issue that I realized, which is not so obvious, but from speaking with people, I realized that it's another big problem, is that even if the kids don't want to talk, or if you have older children who don't feel the need to share what they, because they, they weren't necessarily taught so much in school, the father feels inadequate just saying over the story of Yitzhiya Mitzrayim. Now, even though Chazal tell us, Afilu kulonu chachamim, kulonu nevoinim, mitzvah l'saper, and even two Talmidei Chacham are supposed to talk to each other and say over the story, but a father will feel very inadequate just saying over the story how Moshe stuck his hand over the, over, the, over the Nile and it turned into blood when everybody knows it's a Pasuk and Chumash. Everyone can read the Torah themselves. And you don't feel like you're saying over anything new. Why should they say over the, to the children something that everyone knows in their sleep? For this reason, I reached out to two well-known authors to share with us their thoughts on how to run a Seder. Each of the guests Rabbi Sender Haber and Rabbi Yosef Deutsch, they share their own perspective on how to do things. And I urge you to listen carefully and follow their suggestions so that the Seder can really be a meaningful and positive experience for both you and your children. This year, we actually have a very unusual situation. Normally, the father comes to the Seder exhausted, barely having made it through all the preparations that are needed to get to Yom Tif. No one really has time to spend a few minutes looking through the Haggadah and preparing for this special night. 
But just like you have to prepare matzah and marah before yamtif in order to fulfill those mitzvahs, you should have to prepare the Haggadah in order to fulfill the mitzvah of Igad Talavincha. But this year, because the Seder comes after a Shabbos, you have time over Shabbos, Erev Pesach, to review the Haggadah and choose a few things to elaborate on, which will hopefully make it a truly special year, a special Seder for both you and your family. So let's try to make the most of this year's Seder night by following the suggestions that we're going to hear from our Chashva guests and hopefully be Mekayim the mitzvah of Higadta Levincha in a Mehudadika fashion. Let's go to our guests. We're speaking with Rav Yosef Deitch, the author of all the Let My Nation books. Welcome, Rav Yosef. Welcome. Thank you for having me. Okay, so we're getting ready. We're getting close to Pesach. And the Pesach, the Seder night, that's the, that, that is the, the night of the year when fathers can't uh, pass the ball over to anybody else to do chinuch. They got to do it themselves and they have to, they have to make a very strong impression. Vigad to Levincha, that is the mitzvah. And uh, a lot of times fathers feel a little bit inadequate when it comes to the Seder. How am I supposed to teach my kids? What, what am I supposed to talk about? And you, you've written a whole book, many books, but the book, Let My Nation Go, it's over 20 years ago that you, that you put the, the, the book out. So share some of your thoughts of how a Seder should be run, how a father should run the Seder, what should he do to prepare for the Seder, and to make it a meaningful and successful experience for everyone involved. I think, uh, first of all, you don't have to be a, a professional mechanic or even a professional uh, with great parenting skills uh, to, 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 to play the role of a of a mechanic for, for one's child on, on, on Pesach. You know, the Malvin writes that what's the difference between Sipur and, uh, and, um, and Magir Haggadah? He got to Levinchus. He says, Sipur is a story sort of in past tense. Once upon a time, this and this is what happened. And, and he got to Levincha is he tells somebody something new, which begs the obvious question. If it's a, if it's a past story, how could it be a, something future? So he basically he explains that when you say over the story of, of Pesach, so we said it last year, we did it the year before, we're not, we're not even talking, let's say, about really young kids, but even older kids, teenagers. So they, they, they know it. They already know the sequel. They, they already know the whole, the whole story. But it's incumbent on a parent to try to create something new, to make it something that... that, that you can hear the same story 10 times, but a real good storyteller knows how to make it fresh and new, like it's something new that you got this year, that you, that you even if it's a small nuance. Um, and I think that's what I, that's what I try to do uh, with, with my children. You know, when we were little kids, we had the little Legos and the little Menchies, and we had all kinds of different props. And as they get older, you know, props are obviously a lot, uh, not necessary. But again, you, 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 you focus in, whether it's uh, you focus in on a Muna or Betachen, you know, on the, on the Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim, whether you use humor or you use um, depth of a morale or whatever it is, there's always something that can really bring out the, 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 the story of Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim that they didn't have uh, the previous year. Okay, so, so it's, uh, it sounds like, like a, a very good idea and it's something that people should strive for the problem is let's when you're dealing with once the child's seven eight nine years old they already know the story they already been taught by the teachers uh, the rebellion everybody you know they're, they're, that's something that they prepare for weeks before pesach so what could a father practically do 
in giving over something new and exciting. How could the father make it exciting for the kids if they know it all already? <laughs> they know the story. It's old news. There's uh, enough nuances, again, in the story itself that you can renew it. For example, last year or even in previous years, we didn't emphasize the fact that Pare was a midget. So you take Pare the midget, then you imagine that at the height of Kenem, essentially, I, I saw in, in, in a safer that he basically needs a snorkel to, to breathe during Kenem because the Kenem were higher from the ground than he was. So that's not something that you would find in your typical madras. That's not something you would find in, in a typical mafarshim. But when you combine two madrashim, one madras says that it was a midget and another madras says that the, the, the height of the, the Kenem and then you put the two madrashim together and you realize that the Kenem you know, were, were a couple of feet higher than, than, than Parai. So all of a sudden, you know, you put in the imagination of a child. You know, Parry needs a snorkel just to survive. Like he's like like someone would go snorkeling in the water, and it's comical. And um, you take the everyone's uh, for example, everyone's uh, sings and everyone uh, finds great humor and joy in, in Parry in pajamas. You know the song Parry in pajamas. Mm-hmm. So you take that story and you and you elaborate on it. Something that the 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 the, the Rebbe or the Mora did not emphasize. Why did he bother going to sleep? Wasn't he afraid of the threat? Like when I, when I was a child and, and we heard about a big snowstorm the next day, so who, who, who went to sleep? You looked out at the window and you were waiting for the snow to come. And Pare is like going to sleep like he, does, he could care less. He's not, he's not afraid. He has no belief in, in Moshe after nine, nine Makos. And you bring these things out. Yeah, we all know what happened. But if you create an added emphasis into something that most people don't emphasize because there's just not enough time, you know, uh, in, in school and not enough time in yeshiva and what have you to, to get into pratim. That's really, and also every, every father knows their, their, their son or, or daughter. They know how to, most parents at least do, they know what buttons to push to be able to get the most, to, to get the most out of, out of, out of the night. And of course, you know, it was it was it was, it was my, my tradition, and and, and, and even halacha wise, uh, people don't realize sometimes that Pesach night is 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 a time for the father to speak to the child, and yes, the, the child comes in with all their notes, and they come with the mefarshim and the big fancy notebooks, and that could be done during shulchan aruch, that could be done during the daytime. I'm sure a little bit of time they can, of course, want to show off. They want to they want to show what they know. But but the parents shouldn't forget that really then it's their night, not not, not the children's night in terms of saying over the dvartars and whatnot. So I want to give one one good example. So the children when they see parent, they hear about parent pajamas, and you talk about Marcus Bechiris, and it's a comedy show, and and he's out on the street. Does anyone know where where you know Maisha lives? And they, they the kids go, yeah, he went that away. And then they, he goes and asks directions. Everyone's giving him the wrong directions and he's going in circles and he's losing his mind. He's nervous. He's worried. You know, is his children are going to die and he's getting bad directions and he's stopping the Ubers and he's stopping the taxis and he's asking the donkey drivers. Does anybody know, you know, where, where, you know, where, where, you know, where, where, lives. where she lives, you know, and so on and so forth. So that's what you, that's what you would say to a child. To a teenager, you say over the same story, no Kiddush really in the story itself, but the emphasis has changed. The emphasis is, you think about it. He just went through nine Makis. Moshe's got some connection to the Almighty in Parah's eyes. 
whether he's a master magician or something, he's doing something right. And he just got warned that there's going to be Makas Bechiris and all the firstborns are going to die. That includes Paray and his children and grandchildren and the whole, the whole cabinet, the whole palace. And he has such an anti-Amuna, he goes to sleep. He puts on his pajamas. He's not, he's not dressed for war. He's not dressed for battle. He's not, he doesn't have insomnia. You know, he took, a, he, he took himself a sleeping pill. And he went right to sleep as if it's a regular normal day. And you emphasize the anti-amuna of, of Parai. And, uh, you know, from, from, from one extreme to the next, how, how for us it's to build a muna with command of Rahman Everything Hashem says is, does is great. And Nachamish Gamzu and Gamzu And everything Hashem says is going to happen. And everything is, 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 is for the good. And then, and then Hashem promised us we're going to leave Mitzrayim, and we are leaving Mitzrayim. And you can you can focus on Amuna. It could be such a growth in Ruchnius and such a growth in the family dynamic when you emphasize a story they already know, but relative to one's age, you could really, really um, bring out something new that will uh, make them grow from the two nights of the Seder. All right. Okay. Uh, now, talk talk a little bit about the structure of the seder. We'll, we'll get to your your book in a minute. But the the structure of the seder, we, you know, Magid starts with halach ma'anya, manashtana. But then until until it starts getting to the story of Yitzchak Shem, it's all the way after starts after Vishamda, really. Uh, so, so, yeah. So how, yeah. So where, where should where should the where should they put the emphasis of the seder? Most most people put the emphasis on the beginning and then they rush through the end. Where should parents, where should the father try to make the, the you know, the kid, like the be Mekayim, the Iker Mitzvah? So that's an excellent question, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to answer this question by contradicting myself, and which will explain myself, of course. Um, at the same time, I was telling you that uh, it's, it's the parents' night to speak to the child, yet um, the, the children ask Manishtana. So they're, they're the ones that are asking. In other words, they, they, if the ch- children are not are not stimulated to ask the question by the letter of the law, like, you know, halach ma'anya, and, 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 and we, we put up, open the matzahs, we close the matzahs, and, and you find all the mafarshim to, 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 to stimulate the children to ask. So today they don't really, uh, they don't do that necessarily. So it's very important for a parent to prompt the, the, the child by asking them questions by asking them questions and giving a child the opportunity to answer, the give and take in and of itself becomes the role of a parent. So when a parent comes and starts to say this, so why am I wearing a kittel? It's not Yom Kippur. Well, what's the deal with the, with the kittel? So a child, if the child knows the answer, so then, then great. And then the, the, the father can, can, can elaborate on, on, on what that answer was. If the child doesn't know, so then this is an opportunity for you to be God to live in. And, and, and then we make the Kiddush and then there's the Karpas and the kids asking and then you prompt why we, why do we Karpas? Because of Perach. Incidentally, when we talk about Perach, um, it's brought down, I forgot who, who writes it, but Perach also is not just with Avedis Perach and, and, and Paray, but Perach is, in, is, in, is, is also in the God to live in. It's supposed to be a happy time. It's supposed to be a fun time. In in many cases, it should be a comical time. It should be with a soft with a soft mouth. It should be a, it should be just a everything a good feeling a good a good a good 
just a good environment of positivity and warmth and, and a real, real closeness in the, in the family dynamic of Perach. And um, in, many, in many cases, just the environment alone will stimulate enough, enough back and forth so that the Seder looks like a, a Seder it's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. So, okay, so what happens, like, you know, when, when the beginning of Haggadah, if there's so much to do in the beginning of, of Magad, but, but what you said before about saying something new about the story, if you see it's time, really that takes place later. So what, what should happen? How, how, do, how do we uh, keep track of the time? That's excellent. So the, the truth of the is, yeah, there is a responsibility, for, especially for those who, who are very homakbir um, on on Chatzais and Afikaiman and so on and so forth. I, I, you know, um, I recall a, a seder by somebody that the Shulchan Aruch was 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 fifteen minutes. And, uh, right. People were not very happy. No. <laughs> so, uh, um, they, they worked very hard. But I think I think. I think what happens is if you want to, by the time you get after Manashtana, you don't want it to be a burnout because then everything, everyone flies through Magid in five minutes because, you know, up to Manashtana took an hour and a half. Now, on the one hand, it shouldn't make a difference. If that's how long it takes, that's how long it takes. As long as you're doing what you're doing. So, you know, what's the difference if you, if you, you if the Makas are longer or what's the difference if Manashtana and Abadam Ayinu are longer? You know, the, it, it, it's, when, when, we're not here, there's no favoritism per se as to, um, as to uh, you know, how much or what parts that you want to emphasize. I think the mo- I mean, it seems like according to most, to most authorities, the Manishtana Avada Meyinu connection is probably the, the, the biggest moment in the Negatul of Incha because the child asks the question, and then you give him the answer of Avadamiyinu, and Avadamiyinu is a very, very long answer, or depending on the speed of how, how Magid goes. But in many ways, that already happens even beforehand. Till you get to, till you get to that point, there's a lot of, you know, Karpas, you know, there's a lot of, uh, you know, slave labor discussion available at that point already. And whether it's with props, whether it's with Mifarshim or what have you, as long as the, 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 the children are engaged, as long as everybody at the, at the Seder is, is just, they're all in together, you know, at the end of the day, I think that's, that's, what, that's, that's the, the, the number one focus. That's the cloud. The problem already, each, each parent knows their own uh, children and, you know, what to focus on more over something else. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you're saying it's not so much important as to the timing of, where you make the discussion, but as long as you focus on the main story and bring it out, however you want to bring it out, at whatever point you want to bring it out, but uh, bring out the story with Tzitzvah Chaim and not get like sidetracked on the on the on the different Tera and the and the side, you know, the the, the, the more minor points. Absolutely. Okay. So in my, in my case, at the end of the day, was I wanted to add a, a focus on 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 a moon and betachem, and that's really the. You know the, what the whole night is about. You know how much time am I going to express on the fact that Moshe's name is not is not in the Haggadah and right. the Hashem and so on and so forth. Again, that's a prat. But overall, for for, for for a child to leave that oh my gosh, Hashem is so great, and uh, we left Mitzrayim and now we became our own nation and we have four versions of of, of four, 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 four versions of of, of Exodus. The four, 
the the Dalit Lushainis, the, the four Lushainis of Gula, and we focus on now we became a nation and we took us out of slave labor and now we're no longer you know fighting the eight Sahara and so on and so forth. And and to bring them a certain level of the of closeness to Hashem, that's that to me, that's uh, me personally. I'm not authority on, on well, what should or shouldn't be done in other homes. I can only speak for mine. And um, you know, to, to add a level of amuna that they didn't have beforehand. So again, we know this story in and of itself, but like like it says, Hashem says, Asher Salalti bin Mitzrayim. So loosely translated, it, it's sort of I mocked Mitzrayim, I toyed with Mitzrayim. That's what the Seder can be and, 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 and certainly should be, of course, relative to, to, the, to the level of the children and the age of the children. But bring out the toying, the, 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 you know, find the humor in, 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 in what happened. And you can, you, can, you can sort of role play what it's like for Mitri to drink blood and they asked to buy and he, asked, he, gave, he, gave, he gave the Yidden counterfeit uh, money. And of course, it didn't turn into water because it wasn't real money. So now he has to, he's embarrassed and he has to, he has to give him a real dollar bill or a real $10 bill instead of a counterfeit. And, and again, then they know the story. Everybody knows that about Marcus Dam. But you throw in the counterfeit money or you throw in something, you know, that you can make fun or mock. And Sardaya, there's so much room to, to play with. And, and the snorkel in, in Kenan. Or or in by Marcus Arav right before Moshe meets Parai and and a bunch of rats went up went up into his intestines and just ate him out from the out from the inside out. There's so much mockery available during the seder to, to really be mekayim the asher salatim and the trying part as well. Mm-hmm. Okay, so so let me let me ask you a question about you you you, you wrote the, the the first book that you wrote is called Let My Nation Go, which is Mamash on the story of Tzias Mitzrayim on the seder night. Uh, and uh, it's over 20 years ago you put it out. So every year, if you go into the store, there's another hundred Haggadahs that come out, another hundred uh, uh, English, Hebrew, all, all kinds of languages. Your, your, your book is obviously different from all of them. So what were you trying to accomplish with your book, and what, what do you think the, the, the purpose of the book is? Um, my Rebbe told me that... Um, Again, I can only do. Uh, I can only speak from from, from my own from my own um, experience. My Rebbe told me that the the focus is not on 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 Divrei Taira and Vardlach, which again, there's a place for everything, in each in its place, each in its time. And there's a there's a long yant of a Pesach to focus on those things, but really go back to the basics. You know, the basics is the Sefer, the Medrash, the story. And that's how that's what I focused on in, in, in the book is is what what happened. I want to really really cover you know um, cover the entire story to leave as much um, to leave no stone unturned, so to speak, to really try to capture. The, the mood, the environment, the feeling where, where, where when after, you know, after writing about, the, you know, Shemais, you know, and, 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 and Ve'era and the Makis, and I finally get to, to, to buy, you know, after, after, you know, 18 months, and I'm feeling myself like I'm leaving Mitzrayim. So as a writer, if I feel like I'm leaving Mitzrayim, 
So I want the reader that by the time they get to, to the, the portions of Parshas Boy, they're like they're, they're, they're on the you know you know the Amor Ha'anan. They're 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 also sort of just take, getting on the ride and 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 leaving. And so that was sort of an undercurrent of of, of the book. I want I, I wanted to get into the book. I wanted to get into the slavery. I wanted the slavery to hurt me, so to speak, mm-hmm. to, to to be sort of nice Ba'el. Of of uh, much like what Maisha did, Prince Maisha. You know he's living in the lack of luxury, and uh, you know, um, and Vayigdal Maisha and Vayarbis of Loisam. He went out and looked, and he saw his own brothers, and he gave a hand. He went into sort of the ghettos of of Gaishen and uh, and all the mistreatment of the Mitzrayim, and he protected, and he and he killed the Mitzri, and so on and so forth. So. I felt that that's uh, the best way for the book to read to the reader is, is, if, is, is if I can put as much much effort, almost emotional effort into the, into the writing so that that's how it reads as well. Hmm. So, if so somebody's you, to use the book, people should, uh, should read through the book, get it like really capture the flavor, the story, get the, the real, the, the real, like the, the little, yeah nuances and give that over to the children by the Seder. That, that was the tachos of the book. I want you to live in Mitzrayim and then I want you to leave. <laughs> right. Sure. right. To experience Yitzhak Mitzrayim in a, in, a, in a way that today we, in, in America, in a language that we could understand and, uh, and, and, and feel. Living in a, in a relative freedom, of course, we're in Gullis, but in terms of you know, the programs and the discrimination and, 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 and what have you, so you know we don't we, we it's hard to, to, to carry that um, that emotion, but uh, but at the same time, it's manchei and uh, you know we, we try to get onto that ride. Right. Okay. So so the the, uh, uh, the question about the way the way you wrote the book. Um, but I have to say, we, I have almost all your books. My son, every night we, we go through a, another chapter of, of, of all your books. It's really, he loves them. Uh, so my question is about the Madrashim. You know, it's almost impossible to resolve all the Madrashim. The, the, one by just says to say, and this, like, uh, just for example, how many Yidin ended up leaving Mitzrayim? What percentage of Klai Yisrael left Mitzrayim? So you start off with uh, 600,000 was, you know, there's one opinion is that it was uh, Hamushim, one-fifth, but then I think you even got it down to like where it was only like 1% or 2% of, of, of how many Yidin were actually there. So uh, how, do you, how do you bring that out in a way that it's like makes sense and it just doesn't sound like a, a, a contradictory story from beginning to end? An excellent question, and I had that issue myself. So, so I asked Das Tyra for, 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 for guidance. And collectively speaking, they said like this, Rashi is the Rebbe of, of, of all Mepharshim, of all Medrashim. Rashi himself made decisions as to what to put in and what not, not to put in. I did make one slight change of that and it's, it's part of me regrets it part of me doesn't regret it um but the perfect example of what you're talking about do we put the blood on the outside of the door or the blood on the inside of the door it's a machlaikis in the mechilta rashi goes with the shita that uh, we put the blood on the on the inside of the door but if you look at the picture in the book i have the blood on the outside of the door and the reason i did that executive decision i suppose is because in the picture, you see the Mitzrayim looking at the, seeing the blood of their the beloved carbon Pesach. And consistent with the, with, 
with the with the um, the, the the pattern of, of of the book is I want I want to cause as much misery to the Mitzrayim. I want them to imagine just like the Mitzrayim seeing the blood of their babies, you know, all over the doors of of of, of Bnei Yisrael. And it's so it's excruciatingly painful. That's what the Avodah was to them. It was probably even more painful than if their own babies. You know, they do Marluk, so they got no problem with the human hmm. sacrifice. But a uh, sacrifice of their Avodah that's, that's beyond, beyond. And I felt, again, part of the Tzipet is trying from, from, from the intellectual point of view, yes, there's a Machlaikis, and Rashi goes with the, with, the, with the blood on the inside, but for Bnei Yisrael to see, but for me to bring out the mood of the book, which again, it's not a steer because it's one of the Shittas and the Mechilta, I put it on the outside just to, to accentuate the misery that the Mitzvah was feeling, and that's part of the Cheiros, that's part of the celebratory feeling of Shabbos Agadol that, uh, that, uh, that we, we want to bring out. And then, uh, and, then the, 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 and, and then, of course, you know, the Bukhairim went out and started, uh, it was a civil war between the parents and then and the Bukhairim, and then and they wanted to kill Pare, and there's a whole medicine that. But again, that one picture is sort of uh, worth a thousand words of what was going on in Mitzrayim. Mm-hmm. So the answer, again, is that you ask a das Tyra, and essentially, for the most part, I'm always going with Rashi, and then I'll either add to that Rashi with other Mepharshim, and if there's a contradictory Mepharshim, I'll put it in the footnotes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so, so just moving on before we before we end uh, the, 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 before I end this this, uh, this wonderful interview, what uh, what is there anything in the pipeline? I know you, you wrote a lot of books. We have uh, we enjoy all of them. Is, are you working on anything else? Yes, I'm here to Shem. I'm hoping by uh, after Sukkis uh, to put out a book on uh, Abraham Avinu on his life and the Asar and the mm-hmm. uh, Eventually, also I plan to have a book. Uh, on the life of David Melch. Oh, okay. We were wondering. We were wondering if you were going to get to Hanukkah. So I get asked that a lot, and eventually I'm going to. I'm going to get to that. But the, the, the issue there is, is there's a, a, a much greater emphasis on the history portion of, of Hanukkah than it is on Midrashim and sort of have a, a, a right. background. There is obviously Midrashim, but there's a lot of historical. Right to it and it, it, it while it's you know a lot of my a lot of my supporters you know have made that request and i really should uh, honor it and i plan to honor those requests but the reason that it was not a priority but uh, eventually it's going to um mm-hmm. it's going to come it's okay show. very good okay thank you very much rabbi deutsch for coming on and speaking to us about the say the night very most important night of chinuch for the whole year and uh, Mitzvah Shem, we should, we should all uh, should continue to have Atzlacha putting out your great works, and uh, we should uh, be able, all be able to enjoy them. Amen. Thank you very much. We're talking to Rabbi Sender Haber. He's a Rav in Pnei Israel Congregation of Norfolk, Virginia, and he's the author of the Mosaic Haggadah. Shalom Aleichem, Rabbi Haber. Aleichem, Shalom. Honor to be here. So uh, we're coming up to Pesach very soon, and as parents, this is a very opportune time, the Seder. It's, it's uh, one of the, when the Torah commands us, we got to Levincha, very important mitzvah. And oftentimes we have great ideas for this, having a very meaningful Seder, but a lot of times it doesn't work out exactly the way we planned. 
the kids are tired, cranky, the parents aren't prepared enough, the kids aren't prepared enough, there's too much going on. So uh, share some thoughts of, of, of what you feel, how parents and children can make a much more meaningful experience for everyone. All right. So first of all, thank you for wanting to hear my thoughts. Um, I have a lot of thoughts about this. Um, first of all, um, I really, really enjoyed um, my parents' storm growing up, um, the father of Yaakov Haber. Um, he always had one overarching idea, which I think he got from Ruth Scheinberg, which was that since the Seder is dedicated to the kids, most of it should happen while the kids are still up. So um, we never had this thing of trying to finish the matzah before chatzos. That, that was never a thing because we were always done with the Seder before <laughs> chatzos. It's for the children. So if you got to Levincha, if your children are sleeping by orchats, it's, it's not going to work very well. So I always kind of grew up, not with a rush, but with this idea that Seder is focused on the children and focused on the kids. And that, that was always how I grew up. Um, I became a teacher probably about 18 years ago. And my principal was very... Um, that every teacher had to write their own Haggadah. So when I wrote the Haggadah, it was a lot of ambivalence because I didn't remember that coming to the Seder with, uh, uh, you know, like a closing with, you know, with a, with a whole stack of papers for, uh, for Divrei Torah. You know, I didn't have that kind of memory. Those weren't my, my memories. And therefore, I didn't feel comfortable just giving all the students just lots and lots of information to share with their parents. It's their parents that are supposed to share with them. He got a call of incha. You should tell. that that the Torah says that, right? Um, so the uh, so so that was really how. Like I went and I wrote this Haggadah, and the point of the Haggadah was first of all, every day I would say to the kids, I'd say, "You're going to get to the seder. Your parents are in charge. This is not for you to tell your parents when to cover the matzah, when to uncover the matzah, when to ask the questions, fill the cup. Parents are in charge. I don't care. <laughs> it all goes according to your parents. You know, um, this is not for you to tell." your parents, but also I tried to give them an understanding, not that they should come clueless to the Seder, but here's an idea of what's supposed to be happening at the Seder. And when we get right back down to the basics, there's really only two Torah obligations at the Seder. They do every night, but there's two Torah obligations. One is to eat matzah, and the one, other one is let's remember that we left the trine. That's the main mitzvah at the Seder, is to remember that we left Mitzrayim, that's the main thing that's going on there. And there's the famous Pristorov. Pristorov says that there's three components to Vigad to Levincha. He says it has to be Derech Shalo Tshuva, should be questions and answers. He says you have to mask start with the bad and with the good. Question Abaya and Rava, whether you're starting with the bad, the fact that we were idol worshippers with Terach, and then we got the Torah, or maybe we're starting with the bad that we were slaves in Mitzrayim, and then we got out. And finally, um, this idea that you need to mention Pesach Matzah Amara. And that's the structure of the Seder. That's what it's about. Your parents are going to tell you about this. And if, as parents, we're going to tell our children about this. Everything else, how you sing Dayenu, and if you have the same tune as last year, or the same tune as the second cousins, it doesn't really matter. Or how late you stayed up. None of that really, really matters. So that's what I tried to do. And if I could give a plug, buy my Haggadah. Mosaic Haggadah. It really worked. Every year I would get feedback from the parents, feedback from the kids, how they used it, what worked. And that's really after 15 years of using it in different iterations, in different ages, um, it's really a great Haggadah, especially for kids ages thir- third grade through eighth grade. Um, I think everyone should buy it, but I'm the Gabadover. It's, it's really, really good. But more to the point, and this I, I think is important for the, for the adults, is that I heard this from Rabbi Yitzhak Azrahi, um, or Shiva and Mir. He said that 
there is something that a father can give over at a seder. And when I say father, it's a mother also, because the chiyuv is on parents, both parents. All the posts can say that. The chiyuv is on both parents. It's something that they can give over at a seder to their child that nobody else can give over. Nobody. They tell a story. I don't know for sure that it's true, but I think it's true, that someone went to Rabbi Yeruchim Levavetz, Mashkiach and Mir, and he said, I have a choice. Um, either I could go to a seder by the Chavetz Chaim, or I could go to my father. I think his father was an Amaretz, but it doesn't matter. His father wasn't the Chavetz Chaim. Yerbi said, no, go to your father, but not because your father has a mitzvah day raisa and the, and, and the Chavetz Chaim doesn't have a mitzvah day raisa. No, because your father has a way. That's how the Torah designed it. Your father can tell you in a way that nobody else can tell you. Um, I think that's true about Rabbi Rocham. I can tell you it's true about Rabbi Yitzchak He said he advised people that way who had a choice if they could go to Rosh Hashiva for the Seder or go to their parents. Even if the parent was an Amaretz, he told them to go to the parent. And you see it in Nah. You see in Sefer Shoftim, it says that um, there was a Oved Avodazara and was Yoash, Avia Azri. He was idol worshiper. So it says right there in Sefer Shoftim. And he had a Seder with Gidon. And Gidon the next day says, one second, you taught me all the stuff last night and we're supposed to be free. And why are, being, why are we being attacked by the Midyanim? And why are things not right? And you know what? That led to him having a Navua and a Malach. And he was a Shoifit of Klai Yisrael. And he won the war. It was all from a Seder by a father who was an Amaretz, who was an Oivad of Adizara. So right. father has this ability to, um, to do that. You know, I can tell you, I live in Norfolk. Norfolk's a very beautiful place. It's a very growing place. Um, I don't think we have any Oivad of Adizara. Um, and I don't even think we have any Amaratsim. We have people who went through, you talk about this journey, right? That going from Kila of the Avoid Zarai of Asainu till Akshar Kirvano Amakum Lavod also. Before we were idol worshippers, we were far away from Torah, and now Hashem brought us close. You know what kind of a story every father could tell about that? Especially a father that might not be the hugest Tamachacham, but stories that they can tell what they have there. And that's Ki'ilu Hu Yatsam Mitzrayim, to really let the kids understand what it is that we left Mitzrayim. So it's acting out Mitzrayim, but also letting them understand, you personally, what would it be like if we didn't have mitzvot? What would it be like if we didn't have the Torah? What would it be like if we woke up every morning and we had to run out and build a pyramid? What would it be like if we couldn't decide what to eat for breakfast? Every day we're eating the same exact matzah that you're eating right now. While you're eating that matzah, think about it. That's what they ate, breakfast, lunch, and supper. No Shabbos cereal, no Yantav cereal, no Yantav meals, no chocolate, nothing. Think about what it was like and what you had and really make it something that you can teach to your children that nobody else is able to do. And this isn't anything innovative. This is right there in the Haggadah. The Haggadah says you're going to do questions and answers. You're going to get the kids to ask, why are you eating matzah? Because this is exactly the matzah that they ate in Mitzrayim. And it's also the matzah they ate when they were leaving and they didn't have time. Can you imagine every single day you didn't have Shabbos cereal, you didn't have Cholent, you're just eating this matzah, this exact taste you're tasting. You finally get out and you're still tasting that very same matzah, right? Who wants matzah? But now you know you're tasting it because you were in such a rush to get out. Let the kids really, really understand it. There's four children that I mentioned. They're not from the Haggadah, they're from the Torah, right? Three of them mentioned in Bo, one's mentioned in Ves Hanan. They're, they're, the the idea is, if you're talking to a little kid, you'll say, you know, um, like Dr. Seuss-like, if you're allowed to do that. You say, no, nope, we were in the time. It was bad. We were sad. Now we're out. Now we're glad. Right? Explain it to a two-year-old. A two-year-old comes down. You're talking to an older kid. So you explain, you know, we were um, subdued and we couldn't really assert ourselves. And we were we, we were subjugated to this terrible work. And now we've been emancipated. So say it however they want. There were years when we were older that we would go to my father's Seder. 
And every time we got to a paragraph, he would tell us, okay, what, what does the Briskarov say about this? What does the Nativ say about this? Because those years, that's what spoke to us. And that's what we were into. We weren't so into the little stories anymore. But you have to talk to each kid. And if you got a lot of kids there, you have to talk to each kid. Um, what means a lot to them? And I just think it's something that's very, very important. The Gemara says, very interesting Gemara. The Gemara says that, um, that Nachman had a, had a slave named Tavi, right? famous slave. So he says to Tavi, he says, suppose that a slave's master would give him, send him free and give him a lot of money. So what would that slave do? So the slave said, well, he would dance and he would sing and he would praise his master, right? So, um, so he saw Reb Nachman says, patartan miloimer manishtana. So now we don't have to say manishtana. Reb Moshe Feinstein, amazing droshas Reb Moshe Feinstein has in the back of Narash Moshe, he says, what do you mean we're potter from saying manishtana? We're potter from saying avadamayinu, right? Now you explain avadamayinu, you're dancing and singing and happy. But what, that wasn't manishtana, that was avadamayinu. And he explains so beautifully. He says, if you look in Bavakama, it says that Reb Nachman's slave Tavi was a perfect example of a slave who couldn't earn his keep. Only thing he knew how to do was dance. That's all he knew how to do. Right? He would dance and sing. That's all he knew how to do. And that doesn't earn a living. So he says, what would have happened to Tavi if he had actually been set free? He would have been set free. He would have been given a bag of money. And the bag of money would have run out very, very quickly. He would have had no roof over his head. He would have had no food. He would have no structure in his life. He wouldn't have anything at all. So what we need to do is look at Tavi and say, why is this man smiling? Why is this man dancing? Let's think about this. What does it mean to really be what, what do we have here? says that's the That's we have to get our kids to understand. What was it that we were missing in Mitzrayim? What do we have now? And again, whether you go to Gabaya or Rava, you can do both. Whether you talk about the slaves or you talk about the fact that we're far away from Hashem and now we're close. These are things that kids can really, really understand. Now, I'll tell you an interesting thing. I was once two very wealthy people asked me to give them a share on, on, this, on the Seder, on this exact topic. And just to give you an idea, we're sitting in a building. It was named after those two people, right? Mm-hmm. So, oh, great people. And they wanted to hear a shear. Um, not necessarily very from people. They wanted to hear this shear. So I said to them something that I've said a million times, but I didn't think before I said it this time. I said, I always think, imagine if I won the lottery, what would I do? If I, if I won a million dollars, what would I do with that million dollars? How would my life be different? And then let me make a chajman and afesh. Why am I not doing those things now? Right? I'm saying this as it's coming out of my mouth. I'm thinking to myself, how stupid am I? These two people already won the lottery. <laughs> a million dollars is nothing to them. So why am I giving this example? And But I just, I was committed. So I just kept going like with this thought exercise. Imagine you won the lottery. What would you do? And they're staring at me. And they realized that I kind of messed up. And then one of them says to me, this person is like a fabulously wealthy person. Not, 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 not known as a from person, a fabulously wealthy person. He says to me, he says, no, you're 100% right. He says, I know people, he says, who have everything they could possibly have, and they have no idea why they're getting up in the morning, no idea what their life is about. These are things we need to talk to with our kids. Like, why, why are we, what do we have now? What would it be like if we were in Mitzrayim? What would it be like now? What would it be like if we didn't have the Torah? What do we have now? And it's all right there in the, in the Haggadah. It's in the Dayenu. It's in the Pesach Matzamar. It's all there, 100%. <laughs> Just a few just short, short ideas, I would say. Um, one is that um, I, I have an uncle that a lot of time comes to the Seder. That's also huge. You know, his uncle, he, he can talk about, here's how your grandfather, if you figure if everyone heard was at their grandfather's Seder, 
I think if you make the Khajbin, it's only about 30 star until actually somebody left Mitzrayim yeah. was given that. Amazing. Let the kids see that. You never forget that. You hear from your uncle what it was like at his grandfather's Seder. Unbelievable. What what more what more could you do for a kid? That's better than any Dvartar, I think, that that, that that you could give. It's it's unbelievable. It's there. There's also if we prepare for it, and we should, again, it's one of the main mitzvahs hayom. You know, there's a few mitzvahs there abanan, arbakosos, and murr and halo, right? It's one of the main mitzvahs. But if we prepare for it, I remember one year I had um, two things happen in the same year. One year, first of all, there was, I, I helped a fellow get out of jail. He'd been smuggling cigarettes. He went to jail. I helped him out of jail. And he, um, as a Hakara Satov, he promised never to do it again. And as a Hakara Satov, he uh, sent me a box of matzahs. So I thought, like, I had matzah. Like, <laughs> he's sending me matzahs. So I, so I immediately lots and he sent the lawyer some matzahs. My wife said, what do you mean? This is uh, this this is uh, this is the bread of freedom. This, this is it. <laughs> so I said to say there, and I said, look, here's a guy. He was sitting in a cell. He didn't know if he'd be there for ten minutes or ten years. Right? He didn't know. And now he's out. He had so much hakar satov. As you're eating the matzah, think about the hakar satov that that guy had. You know. And that same year, something else happened. There was someone here who was becoming from. He had grown up completely family that's very sadly just completely atheistic. Where we coming from? And they found out that their grandparents had been Gerer Hasidim. And this person, Navarah Hashem, Norfolk's full, full of holy people. You know, this person decided that in their journey to becoming from Taruchnius, they need to get in touch with Ger. Not that easy, right? So she goes, she was not, she didn't look like a from lady. She goes to Borough Park and she starts tapping people on the shoulder, asking, how can I get, she would have asked me, I would have helped her, but. She wasn't there yet. So she goes and she asked, finally she did. To make a long story short, was Nisim. She got there. She sits in my office and she says to me, she says, Rabbi Hebel, I got to, um, she went to Israel. She says, I went, I met the Gera Rebetzin. She says, and then I went to the Gera Tish and I was looking down through the Mechitza. She said, and I finally, I was connecting with, you know, my parents is what they did. My grandparents, not my parents, but my grandparents is what they did. And she says to me, she says, and the Gera Rebbe was giving out, like they do at the Tishas, the shell vine, right? They're giving out wine. And she says to me, Rebbe Haber, I have a gift for you. She pulls a bottle of wine out of her purse and she gives it to me. She says, here, I want to give you some wine from the Gera Rebbe's tish, right? You take that wine to the Seder. It wasn't very good wine. It was, you know, <laughs> Israeli wine, yeah? You take that wine to the Seder and start telling the story and let the kids understand that here's somebody who grew up without a Kush Baruch and they learn more and more and more and more about Akash Baruch Hu. And finally, like, they, they're so happy. I got wine from the grandson of my grandfather's Rebbe. Now I have the wine. And now we're all going to drink this wine. Wow. How, how much more could you want? So it takes creativity. Everyone's got their stories. You know, people have, uh, you know, the whole Dervador. I've had people sitting at the Seder who were security guards in Shechem. And somebody once told us that uh, their grandfather had a sitter that was in their pocket and they were shot. I think they were in the IDF and they were shot and they would show this and the, the, hit, the bullet hit the sitter. So every um, Seder, they would take out the sitter and so the sitter with the bullet hole, right? Even telling the story was cool. Everyone's got their thing. And I think that that's really, I can tell you, Norfolk, I happen to think is one of the best places in the world, but I'm sure there's holy people everywhere. And every single father and every single mother, when they sit down to their Seder, they have something to share with their children that nobody else can tell them. There's no teacher that can tell them that. There's no moro that can tell them that. There's no yeshiva that can tell them that. You have something to tell your child about what it's like. Why are we free? Why don't we have to build pyramids every day? What are we doing instead? What is it about the kervano amakam lavodasle? This is what's right there in the Haggadah. It's right there in the Haggadah. And if 
the kid gets interested when you talk about why specifically those five Chachamim and which one leaned in front of his Rebbe and didn't lean in front of his Rebbe because of Nebrak and that's where Darfur was from. And you know, that, if that's going to get them involved, good. But think about your kid. What's going to get your kid involved? Don't worry about the perfume factory. I think it's obligatory you know, to, <laughs> to tell the story, but figure out what's going to get your kid involved. And if it's jokes, if it's funny, but it has to be really about this is what it means to be free. This is what it means by who we are. And that's uh, not just a, a, a chiyuv, but, but, but an opportunity that every single um, parent has. So that's really what I would share is that, you know, the teacher can teach, still keep teaching what they're teaching. The only thing I would change is that um, I think every single Rebbe and every single teacher should say, we're teaching you this, but your father's in charge of the Seder. This is not you teaching your father, your father's in charge. And if we tell you cover the matzah and your father doesn't, then don't, you can ask why, but don't tell him what to do, you know, and, 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 and the fathers should try to one up their kids and take the say say take the car off the table. A lot of the kids don't learn about that. Mm. It's right there in the Rambam. You can take mm. it off. There's things so to do. Enough, yeah. it's amazing, amazing thing. And every parent should take advantage of the opportunity. Right. Okay. So just a, well, one quick question. And it, it's it, it, a lot of parents feel, as a father, I feel it's personally. If I have, I have my 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 kids are teenagers. They're in the their teens. They all know the story of Etias Mitzrayim. They've been taught it so many times. So for me to just go and say the story, just they, like, uh, you know, they'll, they'll zone out. They'll tune out. So it sounds like what you're saying is it's the father's job to make the story relevant to them today. Yeah. And not in a super creative, like we forgot about Mitzrayim. Although I will tell you when it says we start with and talk about that's a whole different story. I was once at a Seder where they told the story of Avraham Avinu with the idols and knocking the idols. That's, that's right there. I was like, what are you talking about? This is Pesach. No, <laughs> that's right there. But also ask a kid, any teenager should ask a question. Why are you happy that you don't have to build pyramids every day? Right? You, you had a roof over your head. You had food to eat. You didn't have to worry about anything. It's actually a, a better life in some ways. Like, what, what are you happy about? What Would, would you have gone out to the desert? To nothing, right? Eretz Leizerua? Would you have done that? These are these are real questions that, that that we should take seriously. It's not just story time. These are real questions. And if a parent had a decision that they made in their life that they can share without they don't want to share their past averos, but if they can share of a certain uh, that they had, it could be a very mature conversation. It really could. Okay, Rabbi Haber, thank you very much for your thoughts. It, it's a, you have a wonderful community in Norfolk, Virginia. I know people who live there. It's a great, small, out of town, friendly community. If anybody's interested, I'm sure they should reach out to you. Um, and, they definitely uh, should, and we'll help you move here, and you'll be glad you did. <laughs> and of course, the Mosaic Haggadah, available in your local Judaica store. Please pick it up and, and enjoy it and make a, a, a whole different Seder experience. Thank you so much. Thank you. I'll keep giving you Kayach for all the amazing things that you're doing. You've been listening to Chinuch 2.0, a show exploring the changes happening to how we do Chinuch. Chinuch 2.0 is hosted and produced by me, Aaron Parnes. You can subscribe to the show on Apple or Google Podcasts or on our website, chinuchshow.com. For suggestions, comments, or guests' ideas, please visit chinuchshow.com. Thanks for listening.